candy ass? Put your damn feelings down. Let's laugh and drink all damn shows. Dude, in a gun room is in the house. Get ready. Get your drinks. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's get started, everybody. Here we go. Welcome, everybody, to Two Drunk Dudes in a Gun Room. This is Don. This is Doug. <laughs> hey, today we've got a, a special guest for you guys. Uh, she is the founder of an organization called uh she's a veteran she's the veteran she's the veteran uh we have uh brooke jackson with us today tell everybody a little bit about yourself brooke hey y'all thanks for having me on first off um i am a army person veteran um met mr doug over here first sergeant norton uh many moons ago on a deployment land with broken television on my right shoulder called third ID. Um, but yeah, still in the reserves, started out as a medic now working as a PA. So a little bit of transition over the years and stuff and yeah, just doing my thing. All right. She, you, she don't know about the, the Doug Norris. So yeah, you, you wasn't with us in the, uh, the old NTC. So, uh, somebody, somebody started taking Chuck Norris jokes and, uh, writing them in the, uh, the shitter walls. And replaced uh, Chuck Norris with First Sergeant Norton. <laughs> so, you know what? Um, I, I could totally see how that fits. So. Oh, ab- absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you're with them. <laughs> I'm glad you're with them. I may have seen somebody doing it. I don't know. So, so yeah, no, I mean, everybody, like, part of, you know, Savai Army is trying to get Chuck Norris to uh, get, do a podcast with us now. Just, just so yeah, Chuck awesome. Norris against uh, Ch- Chuck Norris, you know. So, you know. <laughs> we'll let you know how that goes, though, Brooke. I'm sorry. I, I would, I'm holding my breath. Please keep me posted. So I'm holding my <laughs> breath too. <laughs> well, well, we're going to tell us a little bit about your organization and and how it started. And yeah, so um, I was in PA school and I graduated 2017. And of course, by then, I mean, I think I'd been in the military for like seven or eight years. Um, You know, to your last year of a PA school, you've got to look something up, kind of come up with what you want to research, a topic. Some people call it a thesis. Some people call it a capstone. It's whatever you're doing to graduate with your master's and things. Um, I just felt like there wasn't a lot of research that had been done on women veterans. And so my topic ended up being... PTSD is both underdiagnosed and undertreated in the female veteran. And a lot of that came from the fact that first off, you know, when you get around to 2014, 15, when Congress is like, women, y'all can now be on the front lines. I'm thinking to myself, what do you think we just did? What do you think all these other women have been doing? Wait a minute. Expensive. I mean, uh, you know, so there was some of those things. I mean, I've got a lot of friends that, you know, they started their deployments as women 2002, three, you know, earlier on than my career even started. So just kind of thinking about that perspective and a lot of how things were transitioning, because when you come off active duty, there's a lot of things that kind of transpire with how women kind of get treated in civilian society, right? You know, right. it's much different than how you're treated day to day on active duty. Um, 
And it was just kind of mind boggling, to be honest. You know, I mean, there was men out there that acted like I'd sat in some princess castle with, I don't know, people bringing me my meals and fanning me with a fan and feeding me grapes or something. Like it was just kind of appalling that they, no, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still waiting, man. How about you? (laughs) I'm still waiting. I'll go get the grapes. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. So it was just something I really needed to look at. And, um, you know, it was definitely interesting. The lack of research, number one, on women veterans. There was only like maybe two studies I could go off of. What a lot of research done at the time. Um, One of the papers I had to use was like PTSD for Vietnam veterans. And it was, Mm. of course, all male. You know, I mean, it's just like, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what started everything. And then when we moved to Charleston, South Carolina, um, I just kind of thought to myself, new town, new job, new place. Like, let me find my people, right? Like, let's find a women veteran group I could plug into and just, you know, you know, how it goes veterans. Like we just kind of have a thing that you don't really have to say anything, right. Making a statement, not saying a word. It's just a kind of you've been through it type of a thing. Um, there was nothing here. And so I just kind of thought to myself, you know, I've, tossed around this idea of starting a group for a while now and just feeling like mental health needed to be the focus. Um, Everybody talks about 22 a day, but no one talks about the fact that some of those 22 are women. And, you know, there's a lot of women committing suicide too that are veterans and it's kind of like brushed under the rug. Um, So I started it. You can either complain about it or try to do something about it. And that's what I did. Awesome. You know, I I can totally see how, how that, you come play because when you start talking about PTSD, you know, the average civilian, all they think is, Oh, you must've been 11 Bravo infantry guy, you know, but they don't, they don't understand that there there's all different sorts of, of PTSD. You know, Correct. when you, when you file that VA claim, you know, they don't just ask strictly about combat, you know, this, this could have been sexually harassment or uh, rape type scenarios. It could be the fact that you were a medic and, and, had to deal with some, some pretty nasty stuff. It's not just about because somebody was shooting at you. Oh yeah. That's correct. And I mean, that's the thing too, is I think that there's a misperception of the female veteran in general. Um, I think that, you know, even society sometimes act like if you personally as a military veteran have not watched someone get their head blown off black Hawk down style, then there's no way you could have PTSD, but you know, it presents itself in a lot of different ways for people. Um, And what I discovered from even my own research is like, you know, men generally tend to be a lot more outward. Maybe they're people who go out and fight. I mean, that's why we have the stand down when you get back in the country, right? There's like this reckless behavior. There's this outward aggression. There's a lot of different things, but women are very withdrawn. And so women kind of just go back into the mix and then, you know, they're quiet, they're reserved, they're isolated. They just have a different experience of it. Um, and so it's not really caught very often. Maybe they end up having children and somebody says, oh, they've just got postpartum depression. Well, maybe you've had depression baseline, you know, related to some PTSD issues. Um, so I think that there's a lot of mislabeling, but I just generally think that the women it, itself, you know, I really think it's important to advocate for the mental health for women. Um, and that's why my, my group focuses strictly on women. I think there's a lot of groups out there that are doing a great job, you know, for spouses of military, Uh um, for children. I think there's a lot that focus on the men. I think that we're really the underserved category that are people looking at it, are people talking about it? And I don't think that they really are. And I'm just trying to do what I can to change that. Yeah, I I completely get that. No, I get it too. Sometimes I, I, 
you know, I even made a post of it one time. I think my kids get PTSD from my PTSD. No, I mean, it's sad to think that way. But uh, with my anger issues, and you know, I've been hitting head too many times, probably. But uh, with, with with my anger issues and stuff, the way I deal with shit sometimes, it's just like, man, I feel sorry for these kids. Just and like, it's almost like you can watch yourself react to these things, but you don't know how to stop it, right? Like you yeah, see yourself you react to it before you think happening, about it. but you just don't feel like a not an out of body experience, but yeah. it's just like this runaway train that you're kind of sitting there like. I can't change what's going on right now, but this is just what's happening. Something's right. just taking over and this is what it is. Like it went, you know, I mean, by the time, like it already came out by the time you realized oh, dude, absolutely. it was too late to walk away from. And it just, it sucks sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it works. Right. It, it, it works for me at work. So I'm, I'm good there. But <laughs> you found the right job. I did too. A lot of my patients are asleep. I can't really get mad at them when they're asleep. So you know, it works for well, me too. I mean, yeah. that, that'd be like the great time to like yell at them then when they're sleeping. <laughs> right? No, I'm just kidding. Drawing dicks on their head. And I, I, I would take advantage of that probably. You, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you know that that's kind of you know that's kind of what led to me getting help too you know after after i retired um just one day the boiling point hit and me and my son got into it and it about became physical and next thing i know my wife's in between me and him and you know that's kind of where i decided maybe i do need to go get some help you know and i think with women we're so good at putting ourselves last um, that's been a big problem. A lot of women are very dismissive that they have anything going on a lot of times, or they'll think, okay, I've never been diagnosed with this. Mm -hmm. So that means I don't have it, but they're not talking to anybody about any of the things that are coming up. They, they really don't know that, you know, a lot of them when they're quiet for relationships and not communicating well, or having some kind of anxieties and different things, a lot of times because they're just not informed or have never really looked at it to process it realize that maybe that's related to some PTSD. Um, and in, in specifically for myself, I mean, I was really focused on my research for the combat thing. I mean, because for so long, they just acted like women had never seen anything, did anything, you know, right. and my deployment, women were doing the same thing that the men were doing. So I know that that's the case for a lot of people. Um, you know, I just think that that was pretty much brushed under the rug. And then of course, like I said, I don't know, 2015 Congress is like, surprise, now you can mm -hmm. be on the front lines. You're like, right. this yeah. isn't World War II. I nobody dug a trench out there and said, there's your front line. I mean, people are like nervous. They're going to get blown up every day. I mean, what are you talking about now? You can be on the front lines. Like, I, th I think that a couple people change. took a trench though. Oh, you, yeah, 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 you did. Yeah. So, you know. Was that, was that like extra duty? <laughs> it, it's kind of funny that, that you I said just, that, you know. an ass. If you look at the Jessica Lynch situation, you know, when she came back from that whole thing, the media tried to force it down the Americans' throats that, you know, she was this warrior princess, you know, and, and she had to set the record straight several times on uh, different talk shows and stuff because of, of how they, the media was trying to portray it. But I think that's, you know, then you get Congress coming out and saying, Look what we did. We we fought for equal rights, and now they get a fight on the front lines, and and all that type of stuff too. It, it kind of shows the how the, it plays into that uh, that stereotype, you know. Right. And I mean, there's men that um you know that are retired that maybe they never served with women. I mean, and that's totally understandable. There's that's plenty of that. men retired that never even damn left stateside. Yep, there is. 
That's exactly right. That's so, it, it is true. I mean, there, there yeah. is men out there. I, I know a few that, that never deployed, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so it's kind of uh, both ways, right? The ones that never deployed and, and the ones that never had women in their units, like that's just their perception. And unfortunately, you know, it's not their fault. It's just what their experience is. Right. But some of those same people are the ones that are not treating us so well. You know, I got a lot of women in my community that get yelled at for parking in the Lowe's veteran spot and being told, hey, that's for your husband, not for you. Wow. Wait, what? Oh, no. wow. I mean, people are getting treated like that. Like the, the, the huh. treatment of women veterans compared to men is just night and day. And so when you already have like a baseline possible like PTSD, you know, some mental health issues going on, and then you're just kind of beat up like that. It turns out that a lot of women stop telling people they served. It's pretty unfortunate. Wow. And so then they just kind of hide out and don't really bring it up. Um, it is tough, too, to be a woman that has served a lot of civilian women uh, in particular will be like, why did you choose that? That's so weird. I could never do that. OK, like what? OK, why is this awkward? And just yeah. we all have different paths. And why wouldn't I get a pat on the back for serving my country versus like I didn't take the traditional go get married, have kids and just stay at home, you know, right. which there's nothing wrong with that. That's a hard, hard job. I know now that I'm a mom, that's a hard job to, for anybody who does that and things. Right. So my point being, why are we treated differently than what men are? And I've seen a lot of um, women in our community who talk about the lack of support from the beginning. Um, generally, there's at least one parent that when the, the girl says, hey, I want to go serve in the military, there's usually one parent that's like, I can't give you my blessing. I don't approve. You shouldn't go do that. Why are you choosing to do that? Uh, right. um, versus like men, generally, I would say, I would give it a 98% is men are like all patted on the back. Yeah. Every person in their family is like, we've got a hero. And that's appropriate. That's how it should be. I mean, we're serving right. our country. We're doing a sacrifice 100% how it should be. It's just that women are not getting that same support. No, I, I, I agree that it continues throughout and then they end up with these mental health issues that maybe go unrecognized or untreated. Um, so it's a big thing for me too. My, my group, we have everybody from students to, you know, cadets, reserves, active duty, national guard to retire any prior service. Um, I think it's important to tell every female out there, their service counts and it, it matters. You have different branches as well, right? All the branches. I think yeah. it's super important to have all the branches. I think that our experience is very different from yours. Like I said, from the beginning and there's not that many of us, you know, I mean, what is it? 1% serves their country. And then yep. I think army's like at 15% is female. So you're the wow. minority of the minority already, you know, and that's 9% for the Marine Corps. I think it's like 17 or 18 for air force. You know what I mean? So it's not like, you know, a lot of women get attached to groups that maybe they're the only, only woman in that group. And I, I think that they can handle it just fine. I know I can. Uh, it's just going to be a different experience. Well, I tell people all the I mean, time. I, mean, I, I do know, like, uh, anybody with the uniform on was treated equal. I could smoke any of you. So. 100%. I was always treated well. And, yeah. I mean, I could call any of those cats and be like, hey, I need blah, blah, blah. And every one of those guys treated me just fantastic. I had, I've had nothing but absolute respect and great treatment. And I will always tell people – you know, from the very beginning, joining the, the Army has and is the best choice I've ever made in my life. And I love it. Um, and so this comes from a positive place for my group. This is not this is not anything that's saying anything negative about my experience. This is just trying to focus on women of who've had an experience that maybe they don't think about or talk about or get treatment for. 
do you think do you think this the the difference of opinion comes more from the civilian side or do you think it it comes more from fellow uh, veterans I think it's just a combination. I think it goes back to, like I said, though, of people's experience, right? So like you can't really expect a Vietnam veteran if he never saw a woman in uniform to kind of have the same perception of someone who maybe deployed, you know, in a mixed unit three times to Iraq and Afghanistan. You know, they've had multiple women that they've served with. So their experience is different. I just don't think that it's being addressed a lot. I think that that's what it comes down to. People aren't really talking about it as much as what I think that they should personal you know, thoughts there. Um, But it goes down to, I don't think that it's malicious. I don't think that it's intentional. I just think it's just a women are not great for standing up for themselves. And like I said, they're great at making themselves the last priority. And so a lot of times it's just marching on, right. Right. It's taking that hit and moving on with it. So are you guys just strictly in South Carolina or is, is the plans to expand other chapters So we do have plans to expand. I am kind of a one woman show for the most part. I do have two board members. So we started as a community in 2020 um, and I knew what I could take on based on working full time as a PA and things like that in a new new town, whatever. Um, And just trying to do it well and do it small. And then last fall, I had so many people that we're like, oh, man, I've, I've got people who really want to donate to your cause. They really believe in it, you know, because it turned out South Carolina has 45,000 women veterans alone. And that's oh, wow. not including active duty. And there wasn't really a lot of. We'll just say there's not a lot of groups in the whole state. There might be something I think that focuses on like some business stuff and things like that, but not not anything that has my exact mission of mental health for women veterans and sp- right. specifically only non-spouses, not for kids, just for us. Right. Um, so definitely like a gap there. Uh, became 501c3 in the last few months. And so I did have to have board members. They're fantastic. I have two other female veterans. One's Air Force and one is Navy. I didn't want to get too, uh, you know, sidetracked with all my Army buddies, which I could because, you know, I love them all. Yeah. And then um, we'll eventually end up with some board members that are just civilians. I think it's important to have kind of like a, perception from outside and seeing like what they think and see it just takes time to grow board members and things so yes currently i am the one person doing all the things for the most part they've been helping me out with different things that they can help with but it just takes time to figure out what you really need to ask for help right absolutely i mean we're we're in that same situation here too you know as, as as this grows it's you want to keep your your mission intact and and driving forward, but all these other things start coming from the sides and yeah, right, absolutely, yeah. Eventually, it would be nice for us to grow. Um, I do have like a consulting, you know, philanthropy firm I've been working with that helped me set up the five hundred one c three and um, kind of just talking about how we could replicate. So one of the ways that we personally um, approach mental health improvement we call it programmatic activities. So we come up with things that are skills. So um, just yesterday, actually, we had a surfing and yoga workshop, you know, and it's just for the women to come out, not for anybody else. Um, I'm very specific about that. It's really hard for a woman to come out and have a good time and relax. If she's sitting there wondering, is my kid safe? Is my spouse having a good time? Is my kid in the water? Are they over here? Are they getting sunburned? Do they need to put on more sunscreen? Is my spouse hungry? Do I need to go find food? You know, women are these caretakers a lot of times where that's 
not easy for them to take that mental health break and focus on what they're doing. Um, so we had like enough, you know, the full slots filled up for the second year in a row. And we tend to partner with organizations that already have something established. So last month we partnered with a horseback riding therapeutic company, went out and did connecting with horses in a happy hour. Um, next month is our big celebration for women veterans day. So June 12th is generally, um, when we were finally allowed to be official members of the military in 1948. Don't worry about all those women who had served on the front lines, World War II and the nurses and stuff. Don't worry about that. They weren't <laughs> technically military members. They were the volunteer unit. So, right. uh, you know, it's kind of a cool day to just celebrate the women. And we're having we had a pretty good turnout last year. So I'm excited to see what this year turns out to. We had people travel as far as Chicago come to it last year. Wow. Um, you know, Georgia, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, all over. So just different places and things. So. We do have some women outside of just the state of South Carolina. It's already kind of happening on its own accord. Um, it'll just be a matter of how we can replicate teaming up with different organizations and having more than me to plan the events and the coordination and the promotion and the, the things. So, okay. Yeah. Well, well, uh, we're getting up against the, uh, the time. Brooke, okay. So, um, you know, we, we, uh, we appreciate you coming on and, uh, you know, it kind of y'all's organization, you know, kind of fits in with, with what we're doing so much as, as the mental health side of, of the house house, you know, um, for us, it doesn't matter who you are, male, female, you know, we, we're just all about the veterans and trying to, you know, bring back that camaraderie from what you had really? in the military. You know, once, once you get out and away from it, you just, you don't have that anymore. No. Yep. So, um, that's kind of what we do. And, and, you know, I commend you because listening to you talk, I just, you know, a lot of things I got to think it back and I was like, wow, she's absolutely right. There's a lot of this stuff just does not get noticed, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So I, I appreciate that. And, and, uh, I'm, I guarantee you when people hear this podcast, they're, they're going to say the same thing and, and start thinking back about, you know, their impressions of what a, a soldier looks like. And, and I, it ain't me. Don't wake some people up. What you called me earlier, Barbie. I mean, GI Barbie has been the nickname for so many years, anyway. Well, I, so. I, I, I was calling you Patriot Barbie. That's why. Oh, there you go. I Patriot like that one. Barbie. I'm gonna steal that one now. See, I'll I, that I, one I wasn't going with GI Barbie, but you know, I think you like the only medic uh, that year when we were deployed that I didn't smoke. Um, her nose was like. I mean, she was always in the books when I seen her. Yeah. The rest of them were just damn crazy. Yeah. Well, I was the colonel's medic, so I was on PSD or coming back from mission and convoys and mm -hmm. then reading my books and then, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was kind yeah. of the rotation there, yeah. Well, they, uh, Amy had to put up with me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she sure did. and uh, She did a hell of a job, too, by the way. <laughs> She's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like I said, everybody knows that, you know, what we're doing Um we we we'd like to we should start adding her to the the list of uh, organizations. We can you know? do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, um, you know, if if you need some help, you know, there's the suicide prevention number. That's probably the fastest way to to get somebody for some help, and that's one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Chief Rathburn has his organization out on the West Coast. Um, it's leavingthesidelines.org. Um, they are primarily over in the Washington, Oregon area. Um, as female veterans or, you know, if they need some help, 
they they now have uh, she's a veteran. Yep. .org? She's the She's the veteran. .org. She's the veteran. I'll, have to, I'll have to write it down. We're writing it right now. But uh, <laughs> um, absolutely. You know, so the the point being is is we are coming up with avenues for to eliminate this twenty two a day. You know, as of now it's seventeen a day. You know, and that's another stereotype that we just never really liked. You know, one is is too many, and and well, we've all had one. So absolutely. So, unfortunately, yes. Oh, unfortunately, yep. So, List but, gets longer every year for me. I'm sure it does for you all too. It it, it does. It it does. You know, I I was I was talking with somebody on Facebook today that he just had a, a buddy do it, and that was the third one for him. You know, and it yeah. it just it just makes you shake your head. You know. Yeah. Um. But we do appreciate you coming on, and. uh we will shoot you a message, let you know what day and everything this is going out, so you can share it with your avenues of, of people, and and hopefully it brings some awareness. You know, it, it did with me. Thank you so much for having us today. Well, me, one woman show here. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm just grateful for the uh, the opportunity and catch up too. It's good to see y'all. Absolutely. Yeah.